Today's very special episode is part two of my interview with my fabulously candid and captivating couple, Caleb and Eddie Campbell. If you missed episode 54, make sure you listen to that one first so you're properly introduced to this dynamic duo. Today we get into some of the more dramatic events from Caleb and Eddie's wedding planning journey. The episode show notes for today's episode can be found at verveventcode.com forward slash 53. Now, for my regular listeners out there, this is important to note because even though this is episode 54, the show notes for today's episode will still be at verveventcode.com forward slash 53 because they're a continuation of last week's episode. Today is a jam-packed episode, so let's get to it. listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verve Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Hey guys, it's Desiree. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to first give a shout out to our sponsors. The first is our very own wedding planning template shop. Regardless of where you are in your wedding planning journey, this shop has tons of resources I created specifically for you based on a lot of the tools I use with my own wedding planning clients. My most popular items these days is the ultimate wedding planning checklist for couples, no surprise there, and the wedding mood board template. The checklist is a game changer when it comes to knowing what to do when in your wedding planning journey. No more sitting around asking each other, what should we be doing now? And for all my decor-obsessed couples and fellow wedding pros, the wedding mood board template turns that messy Pinterest board into a cohesive and organized roadmap for your day. You can pick up all these products and more in the wedding planning template shop at shop.verveventco.com. Again, that's shop.verveventco.com. And don't forget to use my special podcast discount code, which is podcast10 during checkout. Again, use the code podcast10 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. The second sponsor of our podcast is The Planner's Playbook. I have been in the wedding industry for almost five years and have been planning and executing events for over 15 years, from 13,000-person inaugural balls to intimate dinners at ambassadors' residences and weddings with six-figure budgets. Even with all of this experience, I am always learning and consistently trying to level up my game. Candice Coppola is my business mentor, and she has put together an incredible coaching program called The Planner's Playbook. If you want to fast track your wedding planning career, this is your secret weapon to planning, designing, and coordinating magazine-worthy weddings. Designed for wedding planners who are five years or less into their business, it will give you all the training and support you need for a multitude of things, including simplifying your planning process so you have a clear picture of how to work with your clients on any occasion or budget. Think timelines, checklists, workflows, proposals, all of the things. It will also help boost your productivity with solid systems and processes that make wedding planning easy. I am a spreadsheet queen and her spreadsheets are the bomb.com and literally I get so obsessed and excited whenever I see a new one. Every month you will receive a new playbook straight to your inbox filled with tangible and tactile advice on everything from how to plan attended wedding to preparing client budgets, mapping out your client journey, pricing, and putting together design proposals. The last playbook was over 50 pages of amazing information. How can you say no? Also, the doors to the planner's playbook open only four times a year, but you can ditch the waitlist and join anytime by visiting my unique sponsor link. Imagine all of the things you could accomplish if you had the right resources and support to guide you. If you want to learn more about the planner's playbook, head to verveventco.com forward slash planner's playbook. Again, you can skip the waitlist and get instant access with my unique link by visiting verveventco.com forward slash planner's playbook. 
And now the last sponsor of our podcast is Lovestream. I have personally used Lovestream with my weddings and my couples are so happy. Not to mention they have not to mention they have excellent customer service which is huge for me. Even though we all thought we would be getting back to quote unquote normal weddings, I still have couples that have guests that aren't able to attend their wedding because they're older, live abroad, and a variety of other reasons. Luckily, Lovestream is a one-way, high-definition, high-quality way to stream your wedding and help your guests feel like they're part of the audience even if they're at home sitting on their very own couch. Your guests click your personal URL and they're able to watch without logging in, downloading an app, or messing with microphone or camera settings. And guys, how many times have you been in a Zoom meeting and someone forgot to mute themselves? Imagine if that happened at your wedding. True story that happened at one that I saw, not that I planned, but I saw it happen and it was just horrible. And for any of you planning a destination wedding, they also offer all-inclusive live stream destination wedding packages. I really like Lovestream because the platform is so easy to use for any size wedding. But what I love best about the company is their excellent customer service, which starts when you visit their site and their live chat feature lets you ask questions before and after you book with them. To get 10% off any Lovestream package, visit verveventcocom forward slash Lovestream and enter the code ASK10 for 10% off. Again, that's verveventcocom forward slash Lovestream and use our code ASK10 for 10% off any Lovestream virtual wedding package. Thank you again to all of our sponsors and to you, our listeners, for supporting the show and our sponsors. I couldn't make all this free content without you, and I thank you so much. And now, on with today's episode. Hello and happy Monday, friends. Like I said in the intro, today is a continuation of my interview with Caleb and Eddie. Last week, we met them, learned about their engagement, their venue selection process, how they decide to hire a wedding planner, and their vision for their day and really their whole weekend. We also discussed inclusivity in the wedding industry or the lack thereof and easy tweaks service providers can make to ensure they're open and welcome to everyone. Now, today we are diving into more drama. Some of it was unintentional, like a vendor that tried to back out of a contract. Some of it was welcomed and actually choreographed, like their wedding ceremony. And I know you're going to love getting to know this couple even more. So without further ado, let's jump right into where we left off last week with Caleb and Eddie Campbell. Let's switch gears a little bit um, and talk about some of the obstacles that we had to go through. Because most most weddings go through some obstacles. And, you know, like many couples, you both dealt with challenges and disappointments throughout. Before COVID even happened, we, yeah. you know, we had an issue with your rehearsal dinner venue backing out. And then this was like right before everything almost shut down with the pandemic. So let's talk about like a small kind of bump in the road, which didn't feel like a bump in the road at the time. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what happened? I, I will take this one because this 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 was this really played into my uh, personality. I would say so. We um, I think we had mentioned earlier in the podcast we knew that we wanted a weekend experience. I honestly we wanted folks to fly up like on Thursday and just like experience the Finger Lakes, and so we decided that we didn't want a rehearsal dinner. We wanted a welcome reception for all of our guests to come. So I think part of that's important because like part of it is like you needed a venue right. that we knew could potentially have a hundred people and we knew we wanted it to be really just like a nice cocktail hour or two hours where everyone gets to mix and mingle and sort of like a kickoff to the celebration. So we found this venue that was a blank canvas. It was perfect because you know we knew you could work your magic and we had decided to to have you help us design that as well. Mm-hmm to have sort of a cohesive theme for the right. entire week, which can't really be understated how, how cohesive the entire weekend was. I, I remember also like initially they like only corresponded over email. Like it was a very strange. It took a, and it took a couple months, I think too, to get a response. Yeah. We had like the date locked in. The woman was like in France and mm-hmm. they were like, okay, great. So we like, we're done. And you know, we signed a contract, we sent it and then we sent a deposit. And the check had never gotten cash. Like weeks, yeah. weeks had gone by. And we were like, this is so weird. And so then this was, this was insane. A, this is, this is how small upstate New York can feel at times. A friend reached out to us and was like, Hey, 
my friend who owns this venue wants to reach out to you and wants to chat. And we were like, okay, sure. <laughs> like, fine. Didn't think any of it. So we got on the call and the owner of the venue was like, we double booked your wedding date or your, your date. We'd like to propose a couple other options for you. And we were like, what? Like we have a contract. And she's like, well, I know, but it's like, it's our fault. Like we double booked it. Like we have a couple other venues that we own that we could recommend. One was like a, it was barn, 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 right. And it was not not where we were supposed to be. Very different. It was like an urban setting compare. And it was like, yeah, we would have had to bus our folks there, which was not part of our budget. Mm -hmm. The aesthetic was, yeah, it was barn, which again, for some people that's their aesthetic. It wasn't our aesthetic. And we were left in the situation where we were like, I was like, this is my bride's ill mother. Like, no, like I'm not settling. Like we found it. Like I, I don't want to contract. We paid a deposit. We did all the things. Like we did everything correct. Like this is, this is like, I'm not a lawyer, but like, I'm pretty sure this is how contracts work. (laughs) And like, it was such a moment where I was like, at Desiree help, right? Yeah. And, and like, that's the other thing. A friend reaching out to us so the vendor can reach out to us when we have a wedding planner and the vendor should be reaching out to you so you can tell us the news in a much softer way than they would have. That's why we have you. And I remember how mad you were at the whole situation in general, but then also that you had to find out from us yes. via you know, email um, as opposed to them calling you and trying to remedy the situation before coming straight to the, the couple. We had pictured it. We had tasted it. It mm-hmm. was like, oh yes, this is the dream. Like, wow, it's it was right like downtown our college town. It was like the perfect experience. The aesthetic was perfect was for what perfect. we were looking for. Yeah. And to have it ripped away is dramatic, but ripped away. <laughs> it was just so it was and it was just pre pandemic, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all it perspective. Just, it was <laughs> surreal that this we were like in yeah. in the situation. We were like, we are not equipped. I don't know, like go to court. Like I you know what I mean? Like I was like, I don't know what to do. Like we have a contract. Like I this is just this isn't how it works. Right. And yeah, we called you and we were like, now what? As a vendor or as the planner, this is something that is a a really strong sticking point for me. And like you, people can't see me, but when I'm reliving this and hearing that they're reaching out to my couple, even though I had been communicating and corresponding with them for those whole things, they put forth effort to exclude me from the process to figure out, can I talk to this couple without including the planner, even though I've been talking to her before, made me so livid because I'm just like, this. that's not how you do this. This is why people hire an an attorney, a planner, like I am your representative and to go around it, which one, like, that's why you hired somebody. Like, don't try, you know, don't make them do the work because they have a representative to do that work for them to, to negotiate or, you know, deal with the matter. So I was so angry that they would, and for vendors that are listening, if they have a planner, talk to the planner first, because if there is a situation like that, that would happen, I can talk to them and say, okay, what are our options? Right. And then I present it to the couple, to you guys to say, all right, this is what happened. I don't know how, I don't know why, but we have to deal with it. This is what we can do. And yeah. I think at that point, you're not blindsided. Mm. I am, it's a little bit shocking still. And, you know, you have to deal with that. The initial shock, I think, is less because you're not being taken completely aback by yeah. by the situation. And then we can work to resolve it in a way that everybody that makes everybody happy and whole but that was not what they chose to do and so they go toward to the couple to think that they can i don't know convince you all to do something else or whatever and i'm just like i'm still gonna be involved i'm still the planner what i think i think for the couples that are listening the the thing that we learned really quickly was you as a wedding planner have so much more leverage than, than we do as couples because to the vendor, and again, we were lucky that all of our vendors didn't want to just know us as a couple or as a, as a client, but as friends. But, you know, the wedding industry, especially now, I'm assuming with the pandemic things being so backed up, if they upset us, they're, the thing that they're risking the most is a bad Google review. Well, if they upset you as a wedding planner, you potentially have downstream impact on that forever, right? Because you are the wedding planner, you are the wedding planner for Finger Lake Subset New York Weddings, right? And that's you know, unbiased. It's just the truth. 
if they if they upset you, you are you are only bringing us vendors that you trust and work with. And so I do think that they're hiring away. And we didn't even think of it this way, but the leverage that you bring is so much more important and impactful. And then the flip side is true too, is like there were times where you also would tell us like, this is part of the process, right? Something's going to go wrong. It's going to be okay. Don't freak out. Because, you know, there were a couple of times I went to the guardrail was like, burn them at the stake, right? And you're like, no, like, it's okay. We'll, we'll get there. And this is the reality. I, I, another one that comes to mind is our room block, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Of, we had this situation with our room block where we were, we, they never told us that the room block filled and our whole, I mean, th- this was probably the most. Also didn't tell us that they had a wedding the day before. This was the right. most. This was and I did ask fun. multiple times for rooming lists to see like, how are things picking up? Yes. And I didn't get those as well, but. And and this to me was probably the most upset I was, was the room block because our whole aesthetic or the whole point of our wedding was we want everyone to stay in one location and they didn't tell us the room block was filled and then they were out of rooms. And, and, and I, when I tell you that the feeling of like despair and helplessness, I was like, well, there's, that's it. And so we went to you and we're like, I, we didn't even have it. We didn't even have a solution. We just told you like, this is really upsetting to us. And, and, you know, within like three days you came back and we're like, surprise, here's more rooms. And like, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was an opportunity too, where like you play therapist and I think, you know, you can't underscore for, for, you know, again, the couples listening out there, there's a lot of times where you just feel like you have no idea what to do. And the the fact that you just listened to us and were like, okay, let me see what I can do. And then you always, you'd come back with, I fixed it. Um, it's worth it. Yeah. Whenever we were feeling, you know, extremely vulnerable or, or lost in any part of the wedding situation, we always had you to fall back on. And that was the honestly like priceless to be able to say, we don't know what to do in the situation. This is scary. This is impacting our wedding. We want the most important day of our lives going to say, Hey, Desiree, here's our situation. Can you help us? And then you saying, don't worry, I got it. And then us not being anxious for three days, wondering if you're working on it, knowing that you're doing everything in your power to remedy whatever the situation may be. And then coming to us with a solution as opposed to more problems. Yeah. Right. And I think that, well, one, thank you for all of the compliments. That was really, really sweet. Um, <laughs> the feeling is mutual, but, I forgot about that situation and then I remember it and then I forgot about it again. But you're right. Like, I think couples forget that something can and probably will go wrong. But having someone that has either dealt with the situation before, has a relationship with this person that they can try to figure things out. When it when when there are issues that arise, I think, with wedding vendors or I try to I get angry usually. And then I'm like, OK, no, like that's not going to help. Let's try to negotiate this the best that we can to to your advantage, but not necessarily take advantage of them because they're going to get mad. But how can right. we make this whole so that everyone is happy? And I, I tried to present it in a way to them that was respectful, firm, and also, you know, but like we need to figure out a solution to this because this is not going to work. And I and I was upset for you all on that situation. And not to cut you off, but I, I and, and this is going to sound like a plug, but I swear it's not. I cannot imagine with all the weddings, and I know we haven't gotten to the pandemic yet, but with all the weddings that have been postponed and rescheduled for the pandemic, I mean, there's going to be five weddings for every one. And listen, vendors are, are human, right? And we found that our vendors were already, and we got married we you know, luckily when we had to reschedule, we were, you know, still early on in the in the reschedule issues. But we could see how stretched thin the staff were. We could see how exhausted our vendors were because they were making up from a year's worth of work. I can't imagine having to do that. I just think there's going to be a lot more, and I'm not trying to blame any vendors because we're human. Like there are going to be more mistakes because of the sheer number of weddings. I mean, yeah. we've gotten invited to weddings on a Thursday. I yeah. mean, like it's just you have to have someone now that is going to be able to a anticipate these problems and b handle them. And just it's, it's the next couple of years I think are going to be insane for, for couples that are, are leading and married because there's just so many more weddings happening. Yeah. There definitely is a backlog of, of weddings that are trying to happen still and having people that, you know, being aware of that, having people that are experienced and seasoned to deal with that or people that can say no and say, we have enough on our plate. We need to service these couples that we have because we don't want to compromise. 
the the ex- execution and the experience that we provide our current clients is really really important. That's something that I that I'm going through now is I want to help everyone and I want to be there and help them through this. But at the end of the day, you can't compromise the values, wow. the you know, the experience that you provide. So that's something that people are going to have to to deal with. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um so yeah, so then since, since you bring it up and it was on our list of talk to talk about, let's talk a little bit about the the pandemic and how you all had to go through with like so many people and how you had to make the decision on, on whether or not to postpone. Do you remember if you go, go back to the spring yep. of 2020, yep. what you were feeling or what was going on when we were trying to make that really big decision? Well, I, I remember we flew up to Rochester. Oh yeah. March 11th. Right. So mm-hmm. we knew that weekend that our office was closed for two weeks when we went back. So we flew up on a Friday, masks weren't a thing yet, but I remember we stayed in an Airbnb in Rochester and we're like, okay, I guess we're just like not gonna go out and see anybody. But we went, we were doing- The rentals, we were choosing your rentals. K-tasting, K-tasting. K-tasting and then we were doing rentals. And I remember we left the rentals and at the rentals I told everyone, I was like, we are having this wedding this year. I don't care. This thing is going to be over in two weeks. And like, I was, we were both so firmly adamant that we were not postponing our wedding. You know, again, if we all go back to March, 2020, we were being told it was a two week lockdown and then we'd get over it and no way that it would, it would last into summer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our wedding day was August 1st. And so, you know, at that point it was March. We're like, okay, we can get through it. So we were very adamant that we were going to have the wedding. And I remember we had friends who were supposed to get married in Boston in September. And one of the grooms, because it was another gay couple, was getting really anxious. He's like, I think this is going to impact our weddings. And I remember being like, you're being so silly. This is <laughs> such a small thing. It's not going to impact our weddings. And then, you know, flash forward a couple months when we were having to have really serious conversations with you about postponing the wedding. I just remember feeling so defeated and sad because gay weddings haven't been a thing for a long time. I just felt like the entire universe was like slapping us in the face and it just felt really unfair. That, that's the way I would call it. And we were like, why is this happening to us? Why us? And then of course, you know, perspective, it's not just us, it's so many other couples, um, including Caleb's twin. Um, and they had to postpone their wedding just like we did. And seeing the difference in stress levels and, you know, reaching out to vendors, losing money from vendors, all of these things between them and us was groundbreaking because they didn't have a planner. So they had to make all these awkward phone calls themselves, try to figure out a good time themselves. And we were communicating with you, deciding, do we postpone? And when we ultimately decided, yes, we didn't lift a single finger. You were like, on it, here's what we're going to do. And then you just took the reins and rescheduled and told all the vendors and managed those relationships. Which well, was so helpful. Well, and I think like, you know, obviously we, we, I think know more than we did back then, but for us, you know, I look at my, my brother and, and now sister-in-law and they ended up rescheduling and getting married. But part of that, they were getting married in the first week of June. We were getting married in August. We made a decision that we were going to make a call by May 1st, because you, you had said to us, like, if there are certain things you don't want to get to the 90 day mark because that's when financially you're not going to be able to have deposits yeah. deposits back. Right. So actually there was, there was genuine financial. Check the contracts. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, you knew the contracts of like, this is the day that you'd make the decision by. Whereas, and again, you know, I, I, my brother and sister-in-law were stuck and they were like, okay, we're, I mean, they didn't make their decision until two weeks before the wedding. <gasps> Part of that was, I think, because they had to make this trade-off of financial decisions of like, here's how much money we're going to lose if we postpone the wedding. And to Eddie's point, you were 10 steps ahead of like, this is going to have financial ramifications. And then I think too, you know, I can't underscore, you were like in regular contact with the New York State Department of Health, with the local county health departments. Like you you were educating us on what our options were. And then not to mention to Eddie's point, you, you know, you had already reached out to all our vendors before we even made the call of what's your dates of availability. I mean, just the the sheer amount of coordination. And again, I'm a coordinated person. You had a document whipped up that, I mean, who, who had a document of like rescheduling? No one did, right? Like, you know, it just, it wasn't a thing. And you had a document that was like very clear. If you pick this date, here's who's available. If you pick this date, who's not available. And it was like, 
And because, I don't know, it was, it was so much easier for us to sort of not have to worry about what we didn't have to factor in was the effort it was going to take. What we had to right. factor in was just purely impact on the experience. And when we boiled it down to that, knowing that you were going to bear the brunt of the, of, the, <laughs> of, the, of, the, of the effort, it became really crystal clear to us was like, okay, we'll just, we'll, we're going to reschedule and we'll, we know and trust that Desiree is going to make sure that it's taken care of and we're still going to have a great experience. Yeah. And looking at your design guide and creating such a beautiful summer wedding, it also helped us make the decision to push the wedding an entire year. And we know a ton of couples pushed, you know, two months, three months and had to reschedule their wedding three or four times. And because we were so stuck on this beautiful summer wedding, we made the decision, which was hard at the time, to push the wedding an entire year. And looking back, we couldn't have done it any other way. And that was ended up being the perfect. Yeah, I think there were a lot of things that we were having to weigh. It was the deposits, who was available, the time period. But then also conversations I had to re-educate myself on or, you know, brush up on was the contracts. Yes. Is this a vent of force majeure? What is a force majeure? I was having to explain things with vendors. Like, I understand that you're upset too. I'm upset too. Like, we're all losing money. However, this is like an unprecedented event. So we have to make sure that we're we're all trying to equally share the burden of this horribly annoying crappy situation but yeah. i didn't want you all to to have to shoulder all of that financial burden you know I, I understand like i don't want the vendors to have to do it so like what is equitable and fair in this situation and that was definitely something that we had to to try to work through and i had to also explain with you all some things you know some deposits would be kept and some you know what could we what could we transfer and etc so so yeah do you regret <laughs> your decision to postpone at all no, I don't. And, and I, and, and I obviously hindsight's 2020, but, right. but you know, you brought up a point that I was thinking about when I was looking at the questions in advance of we, I mean, we added new contracts, obviously you added language specifically about COVID that I, I'm sure vendors and, and didn't, no one had template language for COVID stuff. And you had language to protect us that we whipped out of nowhere. So when we reading, I mean, again, we had this thing redone and, and all of our contracts were signed within like eight days, like from decision to point, we, I think we lost our hair and makeup team, but everybody else we had mm-hmm. um, and, and secured with protections for us. And then I think the other thing too, is I keep saying for the couples, but for the vendors out there, you know, we loved our vendors and it was heartbreaking for us yeah. that we knew that this was going to impact their business that they had built. And I think having you, we asked you a couple of times, like we want to do what's right by them and to have a safe space where we could ask you, like, we don't want them to, A, we have to navigate this really delicate and frankly awkward and unpleasant situation of, we don't want to pay more than we need to, right? And how do we say to this delicately and tactfully, like, just like you said, like, I'm sorry, but we would prefer this deposit transfers over. And I think you helped educate us of like, I look at a florist, like that's a hard cost that she can't recoup. Like she planted flowers for us. So you did a good job educating us of like, don't do this guys, like don't push here and and, and vice versa. And we wanted to make sure our vendors knew that we were filled with compassion and, and we fell for them. And we we were gonna fight like heck to keep them alive, and and luckily they all stayed in business, um, so we could use them again. And and we wanted to make sure they felt that love. Yeah, and you know, like you were asking, zero regrets in moving the wedding. One, we had a bonus; we got to work for you or work with you for an additional year, which yes. is again priceless. We a would, dream. That's the worst part about being married now is we don't have to talk every day. Um, but then also the stars sort of aligned, and that dream venue Venue. that we were looking for that was a destination wedding in the Finger Lakes happened to open up during 2020 and we were able to switch venues and get lock in that dream uh, which was you know it it worked out for us lemonade lemonade from lemons yeah I definitely think that was one of the recurring themes that we kept saying you know about your wedding was that it was we're just making lemonade out of lemons and that was a silver lining and you know finding that that vendor but I think I was very, very thankful that you all were so compassionate and just and real with wedding vendors and and, and me about what was okay and if you were you know okay postponing or you know having real conversations about that. I know other vendors didn't necessarily have that experience with people, so it made my job even easier when I'm talking to vendors 
this is a crappy situation. They're doing their best. They want, you know, the, you, they want you to succeed. They want you to stay in business. But we also have to realize this is not their fault either. Right. So how can we all try to, you know, like I, can't, like I said again, like shoulder the burden, but make this fair so that we're all going to be okay and not no one person, you know, have to deal with it all by themselves. And yeah. I think they appreciated that as well. And even, and even, you know, obviously, spoiler, we switched venues, but but one of the things that I think was hardest for us was we were, you were basically building a wedding from blade of grass, right? In our first iteration. And we had literally, it was a, a effectively a field and you had designed every single element of it. And then when we switched to the all-inclusive, one of the casualties of that was we couldn't bring in a caterer. Mm-hmm. And, and that was so devastating for us because we felt so in love with our caterer. And knowing that, you know, our caterer was a restaurant, that they were, the restaurants were getting slammed in a bad way from COVID and we just pulled money from them. That was heartbreaking. And so, you know, we did everything we could to buy gift cards for them. You know, we, we shamelessly plugged them on all of our, not that we're influencers, but any sort of imagination, right. but we try. And it was something where we knew and trusted that you represented that with us, that that you were getting that point across to our vendors, if we couldn't ca- come carry them through, that we care deeply about them as businesses and, and we'll continue to support them. And again, I think most of our venues and vendors survived it. Um, yeah. And we were really lucky in that. In that, in that way. And, and you were so graceful. Like Caleb said, you planned an entire wedding oh my on gosh. an empty field. And then we were like, oh my God, our dream venue opened up. We're switching. And you were just like, Whatever you guys want, like that's great. Let's talk. What this is. We talked about Virginia too. We're like, well, maybe we'll go back down to DC. (laughs) You were so patient. I was like, you know what? Now that we're waiting here, like, let's completely. (laughs) And you, I mean, you did it. Like, you were like, okay, well, I did talk to like a couple of the venues down there. Yeah, you're like, here's how much it would cost, and we're like, (laughs) what are we thinking? And I, but again, like, it's there's too many options, and I think to have you consistently remind us of like, it's okay to look, but like, this is what you want. Like, are you sure you want to do this? And then, of course, ultimately, we netted back on our dream. And and it was perfect. Right. Oh, it was oh, so nice. So let's talk about your music. And yes. then we're going to start to wrap up because still to this day, I still will put on my playlist from your wedding because I make a playlist for every single one because I start to get in the mood and then I'm, you know, channeling it and figuring out my cues. And it still makes me so happy when I hear the music. It's just supposed to be in the best mood ever. How did you all choose your music, both for your ceremony and, of course, your dances? Well, so I think I'm curious Eddie's perspective on this one as well. But, you know, every couple has their thing, right? Whether they go to the movies or they go hiking or they cook together, you know, and those are obviously cliche examples. But, you know, I think most couples we know do something. And for us, one of the first things we bonded over kind of like freakishly quickly was we shared really similar interest in music. Mm-hmm. You know, we're smiling, right? It's like Disney pop, right? Like <laughs> Miley Cyrus and, you know, like, you know, it's, it's your classic, like mid two thousands, late two thousands, Britney Spears, you know, yeah, pop divas, like mostly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's just been so central to, to our relationship is just, it's like a word association. I just, I hear certain songs and it just immediately, I think of Eddie. And so I think knowing that for us, when we were planning the wedding, we knew that we said very early on, like the dance floor is the most important part of our dance or of our, our whole wedding weekend for us. And we put a lot of thought, I mean, a lot of thought into the songs. And then I think the other thing for us was, and this is no shade or, or value judgment to anyone that chooses classical it was one of those things that we, you know, we said it earlier in, in this episode of like, we wanted to have subtle nods to the fact that we are a gay couple that, that made it non just a traditional wedding of your usual, you mm-hmm. know, Trumpet voluntary or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so the music was a really, I think, subtle, but nonetheless, I think impactful way to just nod. And And one of the examples, right. Is that like when we, when our wedding party got announced, we played the theme song from Queer Eye. Mm-hmm. And so you know, upbeat and so yeah. fun. Yes. And it's one of those like, if you know, you know, and if you don't, you don't. Right. And that's totally fine. But those that did were like, 
oh my God, I know that, where I know that from. And then it just is this like really- Iconic. Yeah. yeah. And, and Betty, who made an appearance at our wedding also for our ceremony song. And right. nothing says gay ceremony or gay wedding like Betty who. Um, and we actually chose the uh, Always and Forever by Betty who, when we got engaged, uh, I chose it since I was the one who proposed to Caleb. But when he walked into our apartment, because I proposed in our apartment with all of our friends waiting there for him, that song was playing in the background. Oh so my gosh, I didn't know that. It's so cute. It's on Instagram. And we would watch our engagement video over and over and over again and just relive that moment, how magical it felt. And that song was always on in the background. So it felt really appropriate to use it for our ceremony as well. Right. And working with you, I remember <laughs> how excited you were when you listened to the song and you would listen to it and you would get pumped up. And you were like, okay, this is the moment when you're walking down the aisle, Caleb, and the music yeah. crescendos. And we were just right. like so excited. And it was it's so beautiful. And I still have my friends and fraternity brothers texting me to this day saying like, the song is amazing. I listen to it all of the time now. And, and I think too, not, not to belabor the point, but I do think that, you know, there was like the office episode where they have like the vibe, there was this like phase, right. And I'm right. sure you're in like the 2015, you know, ish where like everyone was doing like a viral down the aisle type thing. And like, we always joked that with our personalities, we were going to have either a viral engagement video or a viral wedding or something. And that leads us to the first dance or both. <laughs> or both. And we joke about this, but like when we got engaged, Eddie had like one stipulation, truly like one stipulation. He was like, you know, we're going to disagree on a lot of things. There's only one thing that I won't back down on. And it's, we, I want a like very heavily choreographed first dance. I want mm-hmm. a fun first dance. And Caleb, of course, was like, that is so extra of you. That seems so out of left pocket. But for me, I knew if we had a complicated dance for the wedding, that meant a lot of quality time before the wedding, practicing dancing together and going to dance lessons. And that's what I really value and got a lot out of. And picking our song for our first dance was hard for us because we didn't want it to be gendered. And songs mention, you know, oh, like my girl or like something about a woman. And the song we chose was Jonas Brothers, What a Man Gotta Do. And they never mention anything about a woman at all. It's just, what's a man got to do to get totally locked up by you? Uh, and it felt really appropriate. So good. Yeah. We loved each other. And it had a fun mm-hmm. like beat uh, that we could dance to. So it yeah. was so fun. It, it is. And we, I know, again, we talked about it earlier about sort of the gendered nature of of weddings and just the industry but the, the music one was pro- honestly thinking about it now was probably the hardest because there are so many whether they're traditional iconic first dance songs or even modern iconic first dance songs that there's just somewhere in there a reference to her or she or a it, dress yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah or a dress right? right and there was you know it just sort of like automatically disqualified and so we were choosing between the Jonas Brothers and then, or Lady Gaga. Stupid Love by Lady Gaga. <laughs> and both were like right. upbeat, great, but we thought that was a little heavy handed. Like, I don't know how grandma would react to yeah, us dancing yeah. to Stupid Love. By and Lady there was like Our sort of, of the Jonas Brothers song had sort of a 50s, like, you know, sort of like hand jive esque vibe to it that was really cute. So it, once we locked it, it, it just made all the sense in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just loved all of them for all the things that you said, but then also I think they lent themselves to match the celebratory feeling of the day, the drama that we wanted to kind of create with the ceremony because it built and the music was slow and it crescendoed and it built and it was, and I think other songs could do that. I don't, I don't know if I've never ever noticed it so much with your music. And that's why I was just like, picturing you all walking down the aisle or when, you know, one person ar- appears sort of out of, out of, you know, at the top of the aisle, so many things just give it that drama without being overt. Mm-hmm. That yeah. just made them so good. And I, and I do think I've always been the kid that like, you know, loves a Broadway play, right? Like there's, I've always wanted that moment where, 
the, loves the drama. The curtain opens, the spotlight's on, and like there I am, right? Like, <laughs> you know, and like you just, I, you know, you just get, I get goosebumps thinking about that moment where like my parents in the audience, and here comes Caleb in his grand debut. <laughs> and I will say, like when we were thinking about the wedding and planning it ourselves, like there's a lot of choreography that goes into timing the reveal with the music. And it initially was like, there's no way we could do it. And again, it doesn't even seem that complicated to be like, pick a song that crescendos and then you, you know, but like, right. it, it was one of the first things we were just like, oh, I don't know that we can do that. And one of the reasons why we were able to even consider it was because when we ran it by you, you were like, okay, I'll cue the DJ. We've got the doors. Like you literally spent time. <laughs> like I can't remember. Like, <laughs> my memories, I can't remember. Like I have it to like, second 16 like two and like you timed it and so it literally that was my like broadway Mm -hmm. moment but had i had to do that or like what am i going to trust the dj to do that you know like you know in a day of coordinator like you know Mm -hmm. if you have like the wedding venues just like they have their coordinator but like i would never trust someone to do that and it doesn't work if it like it, it completely loses its effect if it's done wrong. And then all of a sudden people are talking about the mishap that right. was like the debut of, you know, whoever. It just fell did. flat. Right. Yeah. 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 It wasn't just our vision. It was your vision. So it was also important yeah. to yeah. you to make sure that, you know, we went on the right side. I remember you were practicing swinging open the doors and you were like, oh, these doors are a little bit heavy. So I'm going to start pushing like two seconds earlier than normal. Cause I know it's going to take a little bit of a heave ho. Uh, yeah, I and I think part of it was my background because I did production in DC, and then also I was a dancer. So there's different aspects of my personality and the things that I like about the production of the wedding. But your song for sure lent itself to it, so I just I couldn't resist because it just made sense. Mm-hmm. If you know, and with other weddings and other songs, it's more of a when you get to that column, you start going. And I do try to keep it on a beat because I think it makes sense. But I think with the the music that you guys chose, it just worked so well. And I just, it was just beautiful. And I just, I would get goosebumps or I would start crying when I'm thinking about it in the car. <laughs> but yeah. Even, and, and this will be the last point, but I think even the like, as wedding, as guests were arriving and getting seated, like that playlist, do we do the... Simply the best. We like we did some of the music that was like it, like we did some instrumentals that were like yes, like yeah. noticeably like you would hear it and be like oh this is an interesting spin and take on it. Um, so we tried. Yeah, and it's subtle. And the nice thing is that I think it's subtle, so that if you pick up on it, it's awesome. If you don't, it's great. It's fine. Not a big deal. But. It's like the little Easter eggs that I like to sprinkle throughout the day of like little homages to whatever in your story that I think just makes it a fuller day and story. So speaking of the gendered stuff, and this is also something that's kind of gendered, and as we're going we're gonna to start wrapping up, one of the things I did want to ask you both was the name change mm. at the end. You know, you all shared with me that it was a surprise. Eddie would be taking Caleb's names during the ceremony was when we were first announcing it to everybody. But I'm sure, and maybe maybe didn't, but did, did that take a lot of thought or discussion? Or how was that process and procedure for both of you? Yeah, I think the reason why we wanted to sort of reveal it during the ceremony is, as we've mentioned, we love and live for the drama. <laughs> and we knew it would add a little bit more flair and a jaw drop moment at the end of the ceremony when our officiant was like, I now pronounce you... Mr. Like Eddie and Caleb Campbell. Everyone was like, oh my God, what's happening? Um, but for me, the reason why I really wanted to take Caleb's last name is I was thinking of the the future. And I and I know Caleb both really want children. Mm-hmm. And I love just, you know, a, a nuclear family for any lack of a better word. I want the Campbells posted in our front lawn. I want really easy names for the kids to remember. And I think it's part of growing up and feeling like you're missing something and then wanting to do better for your kids. Uh, My parents were never married and I wanted to make sure that my future children had that on paper, perfect family. And to me, having a, a solid baseline, as simple as everyone having the same name 
really meant a lot to me. And me choosing Caleb's name versus him taking my name was just because if we had to, you know, lay down the pride of who is so proud of their names, the <laughs> the amount of effort it would have taken me to convince Caleb to change his name, astronomical. I knew it's something that I would definitely want to do and be willing to do. So it was a sort of a no brainer. The discussion wasn't who gets whose name. It's, are we going to, is somebody going to take somebody's name or are we going to keep our original names or hyphenate? And we knew we wanted to do one, take one. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. I think most couples get to that place when they start dating and, and they get serious and you probably start switching from like the hypothetical to the likes, you know, you need to sort of check some boxes, right? Do you want kids? Do you want to get married? Like where do you want to get married? Like things like that. And so we had been having the, the, semi-jokingly but not really jokingly conversation long before we even got engaged of same like my parents were divorced and you know and again I'm not I'm not every family looks different and sounds different and 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 some people don't have any interest in caring about names and that's totally fine but I think for both of us I had a different last name than my mom because she remarried and there was just something to that for me that Again, it was a personal choice where, you know, you just, I had to explain it and, and, you know, there's just that weird identity thing. And again, that's not important to everybody, but it was to us and to me, we would like pass aggressively and and very playfully be like, oh, you know, Caleb Witcher. And I'd be like, or Eddie Campbell, right? Like, you know, or Witcher Campbell, (laughs) you know, eventually it sort of went from like, playful to oh let's like let's actually have this conversation and i think we did go back and forth on we know some people choose to like make up a last name and and you know ours would be like camper right like it just <laughs> you know like or witchell yeah. it just right. didn't yeah. yeah like it just didn't work for that right. eddie has been from the moment that i introduced him to my family and vice versa um me introducing to his family you know, has been just such a welcome part of our family. And, you know, my parents love and adore Eddie, my extended family, and we're very close. The Campbell clan is a very close net group of folks. And I think we both were really privileged in in that way where we both were universally accepted by our families. And so we were able to make that decision because there's no ill will, right? There's when we both think of our last names and our families, we both think of them with nothing but love and and they think of us the same way. And so I think that too was something we didn't want to ignore that we can do this and, and our families were supportive. Obviously Eddie's family was a little surprised and some of our friends were like, your dad's face was, was whoa. Right. Like when, when, when it got announced, but mm-hmm. did a massive family photo with the witchers afterwards and they were all just like so proud and happy and it worked out really well. And, and, you know, officially the name has changed. Not if it's not if it's not. Nobody tells you how difficult it is to go through social security and then all these things. But I do have the certified copies of the marriage certificate. So right in process. The Campbells are here. Social media has changed. And that's <laughs> I know it was it was the social media and then sometimes and even like with email accounts. That's also something that's very annoying. And then I know I struggled with that for a while. Do I change this? What do I change it to? Do I do? initials or whatever lots of different things because it's a big change signatures because we we have on the flip side right we also have plenty of friends who are straight that are married and no one's taken anyone's last name right like we have a lot of our our girlfriends who are now wives and and they didn't take their husband's last name so i think there is this sort of and you know this and probably better than we do being closer to the industry but there is sort of this reclaiming of why do we do this and and what does the last name mean? And I think some folks do it because they like their tradition. Some folks don't do it because they, you know, want to keep their last name for professional or personal reasons. And for us, it was really just ultimately, like we said about our future kids. And we put that any sort of ego aside to say like, we want to set those that up and have our kids feel like their parents, their dads, like are madly in love with each other. And they have a really nurturing, loving household and and one name under this one unified house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting all the different reasons because some people have 
there's history behind the name or, you know, and they, they don't want, like I have a friend whose last name is Dangerfield, which is uh. an awesome, I know, not related, but still really cool. And, and she did not take his name. And then um, when they got married and, and then I'm always like, how do I address your envelope at Christmas? Yeah. Are you, and then what is your child's name? Which is fine. Like, I think she has an awesome last name, so it's great. But is it this first and hyphenated this or is it the Ramsey household? Like, what is, you know, which is fine. Like, I don't mind at all. And I, I there's professional reasons and symbolic reasons and traditional reasons. There's so many reasons. Mine was, my maiden name was Abeletta. Beautiful. And it was really annoying to spell on the phone because yeah. the B sounds like an E sounds like a D. So it would be, yeah. it would be so annoying. Um, and then when my, when I, so I became an Adams and statistically, actually you're supposed to statistically people end up marrying people that are close to them in the alphabet, which you guys did not do. Oh, so interesting. Yes. I think because you end up, you just are near people in, you know, you're part of the alphabet. So it just makes sense. And that's how my husband and I met is because we were in the same, leadership conference group because of our last names. So that's how we met. But um, I know in DC in Chevy Chase. Wow. (laughs) I got a huge upgrade there because I remember in elementary school being last with the W. Right. Another reason for our kids to have a C last name. And I think think too, not to on the kids piece too, is like Eddie and I long have had discussions of how do we want to have kids? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, obviously adoption is an option and it's something we've considered, but we also both feel really strongly that we want kids probably via surrogate, but like we want kids with our genetic makeup. Mm-hmm. So I think if we had a Campbell and a Witcher and we didn't have the same last name and then we have two kids, one with my DNA and one with his. Right. It, it, you know, and the, there's just all those layers that like, what's in a name, right? Yeah. And, and it is so much bigger and for and you're right like you know and when you said it there's a lot of reasons why people do it and i think for a long time maybe people just did it because that was what you do and now i just think there's a lot more considerations and all that to say it's like another thing to consider when you're wedding planning is like you need to make time for you know flowers are important you know linens are important trust me but like you also need to make time for like pretty big personal life decisions right and you want to enjoy those moments and not have to like scramble to figure those out at the very end and kind of frankly be able to give somebody else like mission critical but not necessarily like life altering decisions right and i think that was that was these are conversations we were able to have because we had the time and the space and and to do that. And I think, you know, I'm really grateful that we were able to have those moments of this is also ultimately not just about a party and a dance floor and fun music. Like this is about us and our future and our kids and like right. the marriage, the not marriage. just the way. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I think we were able to have those moments and not take them for granted, which is really special to us. Obviously I could talk to you all for hours, but we should start wrapping up. If you could go back and do anything differently is there anything that you would do or what would it, and if so, what would it be? Uh, probably postpone the wedding another two years just to continue to, <laughs> to work with you. Now, I think honestly, like that five month gap of getting engaged and then waiting to plan the wedding. Yeah. If we knew going into being engaged that we wanted a wedding planner from the beginning, I think we would have made a decision a lot faster sure. to hire you. And then that would have moved things along. Maybe we would have gotten married pre-pandemic. Who knows? <laughs> Finding a wedding planner sooner and making it one of those first vendor purchases and contracts that you sign. Most people want to start with that venue, but there's so many options that go in with venues. Having somebody that has your back the entire journey is so important. So I would have changed that five-month gap and I would have started working with you the day after we composed. Five days after. You went to Cabo and enjoyed it. I went to Cabo and then we figured it out. You know, I, I thought a lot about this question and... I think there probably could have been things that we regretted, but I, and I, I know this sounds shameless, but I look at hiring a videographer, right? And that was one of the early things that I said I didn't want, right? And then, you know, when we postponed, we we're like, well, we have another year to save. And it was like one of the first things you brought up was like, I really think you should think about it. And I think not having a videographer, and 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 we had a great one, but I 
I would have been devastated if we did not have the video. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things where um, I, I thought I was Adam and I didn't want one. And I'm really glad that you sort of nudged it, but it, it, was, it was in a way where we trusted you to say like, I really think you're going to want this. So that's the only thing that, again, I, I think I would have regretted if we didn't do, but everything else was like, I, I mean, I looked, Eddie and I were driving. I remember we left the wedding sad, obviously excited to be married, but sad that it was like <laughs> over and we were driving back. We were driving to our mini moon and it's going to sound silly, but like, we're like, I like we didn't deserve that. That was so oh. perfect. I mean, it was like so flawless. I mean, I mean, every single component of it was so perfect. It was it was surreal that it even happened to us and and for us. It was that tight run of show, you know. Yeah, it was the run of show. But it was <laughs> seamless. I mean, you remember this? There's photos of it, but like the reveal was beyond. And it's like the the flowers that the whole design was just. It's everything we wanted and nothing we thought we were actually going to be able to achieve. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was exactly and more and and the feedback and you heard this, our friends were just like, this was the most beautiful wedding we've ever been to. And that was like literally the mission statement. <laughs> <laughs> so for like that two year journey to have it be full circle and to go through all the ups and downs, like you said, it was just like, it was surreal. Yeah. And we, we didn't do a first look with each other because we had seen each other in suits before. We tried on our custom suits together before the wedding. Right. But we ended up doing a first look with the venue after you spent all day putting it together and making the design. And I remember that was the moment that we both cried and hugged you because we were like, this is beautiful. And it felt like a full reveal to us. And it was everything that you put down on paper, you brought to life and absolutely blew us away. I loved it. I mean, now that we're wrapping up, it's just it was such a privilege and an honor to work with you both. And it's just I just get all the feels again of like how awesome and how fun it was. So thank you very, very much. And for sharing your time with our listeners. I think this is going to be hopefully very interesting, eye opening, informative for so many reasons. So I really, really appreciate you spending your your snowy Monday with me if you could give our listeners one piece of advice when it comes to wedding planning and you've given them a lot so you can say no but is there Mm -hmm. anything else that you would say to them that if they're planning related or how they should experience the day what would it be I was gonna say I think things are going to go wrong um but again that advice to hire a wedding planner because I remember after we were married, you're like, oh, by the way, like they totally didn't have any linens and we had to sew linens like two days before just from scratch. And we were totally in bliss, just unaware of all of the problems going on because you were fixing them on the back end. And we've been to a few weddings without wedding planners where we would see the wedding party and the groom and the bride just working the day of to set the chairs up and do all of these things and going into the wedding with the only goal to have fun and to talk to our families and friends uh, couldn't replace that with anything. Yeah, I agree. I think my advice and having been a guest at at a lot of weddings, having been in a lot of weddings and now having been married. And officiated at weddings. (laughs) So many weddings. Yeah. I think, you know, whether you choose to hire a planner or not, and I, I, my advice is to hire a planner, but I think my advice is it's really important to have structure for the folks that are involved in the day. Mm -hmm. And I've been to so many weddings where you know, the bride and the groom themselves or the groom, and the groom or the bride and the bride, you know, the, the, the couple getting married are inevitably going to be anxious and overwhelmed. Something's going to go wrong. So you really, it's not fair to them to ask them to, I, I you know, I was in a wedding and I was in a wedding recently where the bus broke down oh, and they didn't have, they didn't have a wedding planner. And so I was the best man and I had to like whip up a bus out of nowhere. And that was, that was frankly like a lot for me to do, right? I was the best man and I had a speech to prepare for. You're a guest. Yeah, I was a guest. And I think to, to it's a lot to put on people, whether it's your parents or your your wedding party or whatever. And I, you know, I just think the more structure you have in place, it seems, you know, no, I just want things to go with the flow and it'll be fun. Like that never happens. So I just think like invest in structure. And if you are someone that can add structure yourself, that wedding planner, bless your heart, we couldn't do it. And I just don't, it just, there's no way you can anticipate all that. But I think it's really important to be thoughtful of the guest experience and and because the guest experience impacts your experience, right? Yeah. There's going to be a relative or a friend or a cousin that is going to give you unsolicited feedback. And that's not fair. And that's not fun. And, you know, we had you to sort of shield us from my, my grumpy uncle who, you know, wanted more <laughs> crackers, right? Like I just, things like that, that, that we didn't need 
to have involved in our day. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I think it, it gives our listeners a lot to think about and how they want to experience the day, the, the people, the characters that they have in their family and their friend groups, and how that's going to affect their experience is very, very important to, to think about. Well, guys, Caleb and Eddie, this was such a fun conversation. I hope you all that are listening out there appreciate their time because they are here just to help you all. But I appreciate your time talking with me today. It was such an amazing experience working with you guys. I loved reliving all of this. There's so much more that we could relive, which we will eventually when you get back up to Rochester. But thank you so, so much for sharing with us all of your thoughts and experiences today. Thank you for having us. It was it was a pleasure to to relive it. Always selfishly, it's good to see you and catch up. And so, um, thanks for having us. Yeah, this was so fun. Thanks again. Well, what did you all think? I could have spent hours talking to these two forever, and we did continue the conversation a little bit more once the interview ended because I genuinely adore both of these human beings, but also because they were just so open and willing to give and share with you all everything about their experience. I would love to know what you all thought about today's episode. If you have questions, feedback, follow-up questions, thoughts, let me know. You all know that I listen to your feedback. I read all of your comments. I read all of your reviews. One of you all shared with me that you were distracted by the amount of times I said, mm-hmm, during my interviews. So I listened to that feedback and tried my best to not include conversation fillers like that. So this is the first episode that I actually consciously did that. Did you all notice? Maybe, maybe you said it, thought it sounded a little bit better. If you go back to my earlier episodes, I definitely said the mm-hmm a lot. So I really appreciated the feedback and I hope you all are liking the adjustments that I've made. If you have other feedback, like suggestions for topics or guests, thoughts on the length of the episodes, are they getting too long, just right? This one was a little bit longer, but I still loved every single minute of it and I think it was awesome. But if it wasn't your cup of tea, that's okay too. Let me share. I, I'm not getting any feedback from you guys on how long you like the episodes. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, also, do you like the variety of the episodes, the episode topics, the types? Let me know. Like I said last week, an overwhelming number of you all said you wanted me to cover tutorials and upcoming episodes. So let me know what you want to know. Like Desiree, what do you ask a wedding vendor here? Or how do you put together this email? Like, is it that mundane? Or what is it? Just leave the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and let me know what topics you want me to include, the step-by-step tutorials, and I will record that in upcoming episodes. Like I said, I read every single one of your reviews and appreciate you all so much for taking time to write them. If you don't know what you want to write, just drop me some emojis, a cocktail, a salsa dancer, a weightlifter. I love me some body pump, which I don't think I've shared on this podcast before, champagne glasses, rainbows, Whatever you're feeling today, let me know. Um, and that also brings us to today's review of the day, which comes from H. Ray Cartier. And H. Ray Cartier, or I believe Heather, writes, Love this podcast, five stars. This show has been so helpful and informative. Even if you can't afford luxury events, it is wonderful for planning and understanding the professional side of the wedding industry so that your event can be the best. You can tell Desiree has such a heart for her followers and her job. My favorite tip is making any gift meaningful. After just coming out of Christmas, it really hits home about not spending frivolously on superficial things and digging deep to make those connections even with a heartfelt note. And she signs it with at Heather Ray, R-A-E, which I think is super pretty, 75. Heather, thank you so much for writing that. Yes, you are right. I do love and appreciate all of you that are out there listening to this podcast. You all mean the world to me. I think you just listened to the episode with Lavender and Pine, which was the do's and notes of wedding party gifting. That is one of my favorite episodes because we really get into the nuts and bolts of welcome gift bags, wedding favors, what is wasteful, what's actually worth it, all of the things. 
So thank you so much for taking the time to leave that review, Heather. This is a tangent, but I've been thinking about this because I appreciate you all so much. I want to think of a nickname for you all. Like Caitlin Bristow has her vinos for her Off the Vine podcast. Her stylist and friend Lo Von Rumpf has the Low Life podcast, and he calls his listeners his low lifers, which, by the way, if you want a really funny and entertaining podcast, but also informative Give his show, The Low Life Podcast, a subscribe. This is not an ad, obviously. I literally laugh out loud all of the time. I also cry at some of the episodes. They're just so good. He covers so many different things. I love the fashion episodes. They're just awesome. So give him a listen and let me know what you think. Anyways, that wraps up today's special conclusion with my candid and captivating couple, the Campbells. Yes, I did think about that because I, lo- I love them so much. I hope they are listening to this and like, I love Desiree. But anyways, next week's final interview with a real life couple is with the Feldmans who planned a wedding weekend that truly celebrated everything that made them unique and different down to the floral print shirts that the groom loved to wear. So you'll have to give a listen and let me know what you think. Thank you all again so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week and I will talk to you all next week. In the meantime, give me a follow on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast or on TikTok at Verve Event Co. I will talk to you all soon. Have a happy sunny day and bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you.